mental break. Welcome everybody out there to the first <laughs> What time do you have to be home? <laughs> this is a sleep- I'm still thinking about douche, man. This oh. is a sleepover, Ed. <laughs> Did you know? That's why I have the beer, huh? Oh. Welcome everybody out there to Divorce Devil 17. We have Ed and Jeff on the mics. Today we're going to talk about before, during, and after advice for those divorced newbies have no clue what's going on, just like we used to do. So why don't you guys say hello? Hello. Hi. That's it? That's all you got for me? Give me something else. Hi, newbies. Hi, newbies. So let's start off with the, the before. What kind of advice can you give to the newbies out there? When they think they're going to go through a divorce or they feel it coming so they don't get blindsided, what do you guys got to say? Take it. Hmm. You know what's coming. You just don't know when. Oh, okay. So should you act on it? So what can you do to lessen the blow even though you know it's coming? Well, if if the communication is, is bad or poor, try and get it out in the open as soon as possible. That's, uh Yeah. If you can get that communication going. Yeah. Because sometimes that communication isn't there. Not everybody's forthright. And, no, it's and, probably a cause of why you're there. Hey, there, there you go. So what about uh, shopping for a lawyer, all that good stuff? What do you guys think about that? Positive things, of course. <laughs> I see you smiling. <laughs> I actually went through mine with no attorney. The whole process? Yes, sir. Did she have an attorney? Yes. Mm. I know a couple of couples that went through it with no attorney. They had a very amicable divorce, and they went to paralegals and, and did their thing, and, um, and it turned out very well. Well, let's go past that. Well, for me, as far as shopping for a lawyer, I, I drug it out, but then I had a I got one of those package deals that you get through work where you get legal services for so much a month and then they give you so many hours of lawyer time for a divorce. And so I did that. So was it lawyer time or just advice? Both. Okay. You get so many hours of amicable divorce time and then when it gets into contentious divorce time, then you get hours too and then after that it's out of your pocket at a certain discount so you actually saved some money no i didn't as it turned out i didn't i thought i would but i didn't oh man so you know the ones that they put in the network you have to be careful how you choose i mean choosing a lawyer anyway is a tough decision oh yeah you know you can go with the best recommendation and still fall on your face exactly mine actually wanted me to share her lawyer yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. True story. And got a little peeved when I got my own lawyer. Hmm. Yeah. The nerve. In my case, I would have rather had my ex's lawyer. He turned out to be probably a better pick. So I don't So you couldn't, couldn't just trade? Thought about it. Yeah. Say, so, hey, look, let's, let's throw him in the bag and let's trade, please. Yeah, there you go. So there's that, and um, I guess, you know, when you're going through it is thinking through 
whether or not there's any chance of reconciliation, being a bit more, I think, honest, forthright. That is, you, you know, you want to reconcile, but, you know, you know there's doubt, but you still put everything into it, the hope. And oh, yeah. You ride on the hope, and it just, yeah. It, I tell people that you got to make sure you won't get divorced because it's the worst thing that can happen. You, you got to, you know, people to just throw that out there like on a whim and say, I'm going to divorce her. It's like, man, don't don't even play like that. Right. Because we've all been through it, and it ain't pretty. And we want to tell everybody out there, it ain't glorious, it ain't pretty. And it can be a, be a hell, hell to go through. It's true. So uh, you want to make sure that you've crossed your T's and dot all your I's and you're ready for the, the battle because sometimes it, it can be a battle and it can start off nice. And the one thing I say is that when you're going through a divorce, you want to be the best person you can be because karma's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I hit the is. word yeah. and still is. It still is. Yeah. I, I call it the OJ syndrome. Mm. How does mm. that work? You know, let's say, you know, not me, of course. Let's say you're going through a divorce and ex, the future ex is trying to get a little contentious and um, doesn't want to play fair, maybe fudges numbers or goes behind your back and does stuff. And But, you know, the universe always writes itself. I'm a firm believer in that. You know, you go through it, you end up upside down, but no need to worry. Things always even out. That's a good point. And it doesn't happen right away. It doesn't happen when you want it, but it comes. Okay. It comes. Well, uh, I guess I have something to look forward to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Waiting for that karma, don't, baby. Don't be, don't be all. <laughs> Not me, of course. Mine was perfect. Yeah. yeah. So you got, your, you got yours already then? Oh, I, I wouldn't say that. I'm going to leave that alone and leave, okay. that, leave that up to the viewers. All right. The listeners. All right. But you can see me, you're viewing me, but if you're not, you're just listening to me. No, right. I mean, that's that's a good point. If you go into it and you're playing fair, you're not vindictive, you're not angry, you're not mean. You probably, you probably will be angry, but don't be mean. Yeah. And... Oh, you can be mean, too. That's okay. Well, yeah. I guess in some respects. Fair. 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 Yeah. But you're exactly word. right where some of the other attorneys may leave things off on disclosures. Mm. And then you can talk to your pending ex... And ask them about it, and they can either act like it never existed or they have no intent of putting it on their disclosure, which I hear is very common, uh, especially in my world. Mm. Um, but as far as the karma piece, yeah, I think in the end of it, both people are hurt. They're both hurt a lot. And I think that's the thing. You don't want to add hurt to the other person because you're hurting enough on your own. Oh, yeah. And the the goal as you come out of this storm is to really to begin working on yourself and let yourself heal first. Um, and that's the tough part. But I think all three of us here have seen have seen that happen over a period of time where we feel we're in a much better place than, than I think all of us were a couple of years ago. Ooh, Lord, yeah. yes. You know, and you're right, Ed, about the anger piece. Uh, I just didn't want to go there because all it, was, it only hurts yourself really more than anything else because you're carrying this anger and – Really, how do you direct it, and how does it really work? Did it really, what does it really accomplish mm -hmm. in the end, except make you worse? So. Yeah, but when it's raw, baby, it's raw. It is. It's, it's raw, true. and it's non-controllable, 
And you can see why people get killed in relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Yeah. You know, you go through some raw emotions and anger and it's hard to control. Sometimes you really have to have an outlet. You know, that's another thing too. you know, tell people that when you first start, man, you got to have an outlet. You just can't bottle it up, you know, either divorce recovery or ride your bike, go to the gym. You got to do something. Do something. Do yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. What they say the other day in divorce recovery about staying active, stay, yeah. uh, stay in a constant state of flux, be active. I think they also said listen to blogs. Yes, yes, listen to blogs and podcast and podcasts. Yes, podcasts, yes, podcasts. Blog, blogs and podcasts. Yeah, but I, in retrospect, I realize that going through a divorce is a lot like hanging off a cliff and your spouse is holding the rope above you. If either one of you let go, you're going down. So even if you don't want to let go, if they're letting go, you're still going down. So at that point, we need to think about how we're going to land. And that's, I think, what a lot of it post, post-divorce post is, is how are you going to land? How are you going to get better? Especially if there are kids involved. Oh, definitely. Um, how are you going to you know, help handle that and show them the, the, the proper way to be a parent after divorce? And it's not being vindictive. It's not catfighting. At that point, your focus needs to be on yourself and them. What do you say to the parents out there that use the kids as pawns? What do you tell them? Well, if you're using them as pawns, you're never going to have a checkmate. Um, you're never going to win the game. Being a bit selfish. Yeah, it is. You, you don't want to bring them on the field. No. No. What does that accomplish? So, you know, that means that they've had a problem to begin with. You had a problem to begin with if you're using your kids as uh, as the pawns. So, and did you guys go to that uh, parenting class? No, no, we, your daughter was older, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah there right. was a parenting class that they had that El Paso County has and it's offered twice a month. There's probably 100, 200 people in there because there are a ton of people getting divorced. And when your kids are under 18, I think it's a requirement. So, I went and man, it's like this 1950s film said don't use your kids as pawn and it's simple stuff it's you know like there's no-brainer stuff but people still do it Mm -hmm. It, it's like no-brainer stuff so it's interesting how people do that and so what about the middle of divorce when you're going through it when you're going through the storm you can't see the windshield wipers aren't clearing the windshield quick enough how do do you guys speak on that because that's that's when it gets tough and rough that's like the like the top of the bell curve watch out I think at that point you realize there maybe is no fixing it. In the early stage, I think you're always always believing that maybe you'll be able to fix something. Back to hope. Now in the middle of it, you the mechanic just came out with the estimate, and it's more <laughs> than you can afford. <laughs> so you know you may have to get rid of that car. You have blown the transmission. Is it yes, worth it? It is. Transmission is gone. Funny you should say that. But. <sighs> Um, anyway, that's a whole different story. Um, what happens if it's a lease return? You can just turn it back in and get a new one. I guess so. I think that's a rebound, guys. <clears throat> that's, oh, that's, that's right. That's a, that's, a, okay. that's a little later oh, down the, the down the podcast. Next, that's a whole okay. different one. All right. Yeah. All right. The lease return thing. <clears throat> but no, when you're going through that storm, man, and and you can't see straight, and um, I think you have to rely on your friends. You know mm-hmm. your church or whatever you have to reach out you have to lean lean on somebody because it's tough just all by yourself and that's where you find out 
who your friends are. I mean, you have your, oh, married, yeah, the, you have your married friends, and then oh you have yeah, your the herd thins, man, the herd thins. Yeah, yeah. Lean, lean on others. Join groups before you think you need to. Um, don't wait too long. I used the analogy recently with someone who was trying to push back on even a need for this, and I just mentioned I had seen the SEALs training video one time where they're all lifting this giant telephone pole of some type. And there's no way one person can lift it. Everyone has to get in and help you lift that darn thing. And it's the same thing with us going through this. You need someone to help, even if it's just a listening ear. Yep. Um, even if it's just someone to give subtle advice over a dinner, whatever it might be, but a friend you can count on. I had a, uh, I think I told you guys this, I had a patient tell me, you know, we were talking about the summer and say, how's your summer been? It's been great. And she says, well, I had a couple of friends get divorced this summer. I said, I said, wow, what do you say to them? Because, you know, married people have a hard time with people that that get divorced. And she says, well, we just, I just try to help them with their self-esteem. I thought that was the best answer I've ever heard from a married person. That is good. That's very good. Ever. Because sometimes married people don't know what to say. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. They just want you to be there and. Sometimes they want you to listen. Kind of like when women tell us they don't want us to fix it, just listen. But we're fixers. We're not listeners. I'm sorry. What men, was that? Men. I, I didn't understand. Yeah, yeah men, men, men just. just <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was saying men just listen. Just no, yeah. they, no, they don't listen. They fix it. Yeah. Yes. And also in, in the middle section, I, I believe, is where you will see friends begin to choose sides. In the beginning, I saw friends would be there all the time. In the middle, I think you're becoming a little more, um, maybe not even choosing sides. They just want to not be involved any longer. So they just pick one. It's either pick one or pick neither. Neither. Yep. So don't, don't be surprised if all of a sudden friends are either tired of listening to you. Or they just they just can't. They may even even take it as a threat on their own marriage because they may be seeing some things in their marriage that are indicators that they don't want to go down the same road we are going down. Oh, it might be a virus. Could be. They might catch it. Just tell them to get inoculated. Get that virus shot, the anti-divorce shot. Yeah, where is that? Uh, it's in your pocketbook. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but that middle, it, it's crazy. And I think when you have, let's say, well, typical divorce where you have a crazy, non-crazy, man, woman, doesn't matter. Um, that's that's when it gets really crazy. You know, when you have two people that are amicable, that's a little different story. Or even semi-amicable. When, when you have craziness involved, that takes you to a whole nother level. Yeah. And then you go with that forgiveness part. So you were talking about earlier saying that you don't want to add to the drama or the hurt. And I think the less you add, the less forgiveness you have to do. So it makes it easier all the way around. Yeah. And what you also have to be careful of or remember, even though it's amicable, maybe it's not. Meaning there's probably behind the scenes or there's undertow or you're, it's, I call it stealthy amicable <laughs> there's different layers there's, of amicable yeah there are there's stealthy undertow that's right it, it may on the surface it may look amicable but look out it's not it's not it's not it's not because so it's like a prize fight protect yourself at all times that's it yeah he wouldn't do that to me she would do that to me right here it comes take it all 
Yeah, I mean, when you initially find out a reason for a divorce, you would have never thought that person would have done that to you, especially for the time that it went on. So, at that point, you don't believe anything they say moving forward. Well, yeah, you know. I mean, each of us had our own situations, but. True. And if you still don't know why. Oh, I was getting ready to go there. You, You beat me to it. Did you? Yeah, you beat me to it. Yeah. But go ahead. No, if you still don't know why or why. I mean, in some situations, uh, you know, Ed, knowing you through going through divorce recovery, um, your story's pretty upfront. I mean, it, the outcome you finally found out about why you, she was divorcing you, you had to do a little detective work for it. But for me, it's still, I don't, I'm not completely yeah. sure. Yeah. You know? It, it would have been nice if I could have found some evidence or along the way or discovered something. Or she took the time to just say, hey, look, this is why. And she hasn't done that. Not yet. But it's almost like you're being held hostage. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Mentally, psychologically, and emotionally, you're being held hostage. And so what? So in that case, what you have to do is you just have to say, hey, it doesn't matter why. I mean, they go with my friends, and and you've done a much better job, by the way. Oh my gosh, much better job over the past year. Damn, almost a year. Wow. Yep, yeah. over a year. Yeah. Well, it's a like you say, it's a day by day thing. But there's been times that uh, you both know I've made calls to you, and and uh, you guys have both been there and been able to see me, you know, go through that trepidation and. Uh, you know, you were there. You were that listening ear, and that's what really helped through it. This one got leaning to your friends. Yeah, lean into your friends. But like you say, you'll never know. You have to accept that, and I—that's probably what you both have helped me with: is get on with it, accept it. It is what it is. So, but uh, yeah, that's that's the hardest part of the during, and and even when you do sign the paper, you know, that's sure that's you know, the next phase, it's, it's official and the relationship now becomes nothing more than a, a business agreement. It's a piece of paper. A says, heck of a piece of paper. It's a piece. Yeah. You've got one too. And you're reminded of that piece of paper every month on the automatic transfer from your checking account. <laughs> oh yeah. A piece of paper. This is a nice segue into after, after advice. So after, so what, Let's go back to middle, guys. What what would you generally do different now that you know what you know now? Like if you could go back in the during time, what would you do different generally? Not anything too specific. Probably. Like I would, um, uh, for me, when I was in the middle, I would probably relax more because I wouldn't be as adversarial as I was then. And... I would still take it seriously, but not everything would just be a fight. So I would fight less. That's one thing I would do. Mm. How about you guys? Yeah, I think same here. Because you you end up so wound up that you don't relax. Nothing else becomes important in your life, which is not true. So you need to realize that uh, sometimes you are not driving driving that boat. And for me, I, I didn't participate with a, with an attorney. So it was a default judgment. And um, I just kind of had to go wherever the boat was going. 
And it didn't go end up in a good place, but at the same time, I've come to realize there are so many other great things in life to worry about, even other than a marriage. I know that sounds crazy, but there's yourself, there's your family, there's your friends, find a hobby. Um, realize that, actually, there's a good book out there by John Maxwell called Failing Forward, and it's just great for picking people up when they think maybe they have failed. I think most of us felt, what did we do to, yep. to fail this marriage? You hit rock bottom. So, I mean, take take a look at that book if you can. John Maxwell, Failing Forward. It's it's really a good book about how to look at failure from a different perspective. What do you think, Jeff? Probably would have retrospectively just get on with it. It's, it was going to happen instead of trying to continue on with the hope and trying to think through any type of possibility of reconciliation or taking even small messages or or what you think is is what's a possibility the hope again the hope again just recognize it for what it is and just move on so that's probably what i would have done so what other pearls can you give to people out there, you know, once you have that sheet of paper? And I've never thought of it like that, that it becomes a business arrangement. That's awesome because that's exactly what it is. And you move on with your life. And how about with kiddos? Let's speak generally like that. Your kids were older and mine were a little bit younger. My kids were touched pretty hard. But I'm from the standpoint that kids heal. Kids bounce back from almost anything because they have to. They don't have a choice. So, David, do you think that they bounce back? When they're younger, because in my case, my my daughter, she I don't think she's bounced back yet, at yeah. least with me. Um, that's a good question. I think the, the younger that they're exposed to it, the better they bounce back. Okay. Let's say like a two, three-year-old doesn't know anything but going to mommy's and daddy's house, going back and forth. That's all they know where the 10-year-old knows the difference between mommy and daddy's house and they do a little bit better than a, than a teenager. Because, you know, teen, the teen years are, are, are tough anyway. And if you add something else on top of that, I think it's just going to be a difficult situation for them. Because mine were, I think, 13, 15, and 16. But they kind of did good because, you know, kids, kids know. Kids, kids see you coming, you know, like we were talking at the facilitator panel. Kids, kids know. Kids, kids aren't dumb. Oh, yeah. Kids, kids know. And there's times where I've heard kids say, not my own, but uh, kids say that they like mommy and daddy apart because things are smoother. Yeah. Things are a lot, lot smoother. No arguing, things like that. So, plus they have a, you know, a pretty good time going to mommy's house one week and daddy's house the next. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, like a vacation from one parent or the other. Well, you know, thing of it is, for not only me, but for my daughter as well, we both didn't see it coming. So in that case, there really wasn't a lot of contention or animosity. At least that, you know, was visible. It was after. It was after. It was the aftershock and... uh uh, who knows? You know, I st- like I say, I still wonder what the crux of the whole relationship issue was or still is. So, uh, you know, maybe I'm jumping back to phase one. What could I have done better to 
pay attention to it, but at the same time, as time goes on, you're able to rethink it through, and maybe there wasn't anything I could do. I think the one thing that someone told me once that um, when one person gives up, it's over. The other person can fight like hell. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's like grabbing the rope. Someone yeah. else, let's go with the rope. It's a done deal. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about earlier about realizing it's over. Get on with it. Yep. Just let it go. Move on. Go through the process. Like you say, keep it as amicable as it can be. And uh, fight the anger. So if you're going to fight something, fight the anger. Yeah, my, my kids were older, mid, mid late 20s, both of them. And they did not handle it well. So maybe there is something for young handling it better. Better than older. Wow. Yeah, matter of fact, one of them even said they were wondering now if all the great memories of childhood were fake. <laughs> if wow. They, if they didn't exist. So That would be an interesting podcast. That is. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she actually said all the great memories we had over the years – were they real or were they acting out? Well, they were probably real up to a certain point, mm -hmm. and you had to figure out when that certain point was. Yeah. And uh, I think kids really begin to ask, what is commitment? If they can't commit, how can I commit, and why should I yeah. commit? Well, I'm a second-generation divorce person because my parents are divorced, and then I'm divorced, and it's like, what chance do my kids have? It's like, yeah. dang, man. The odds like are pretty high. They will. Yeah. You know, so they have great role models. I better hurry and find somebody quick, huh? You better. Yeah, I know. Well, you better get off this, this podcast right yeah. now. Got to make Dawson proud. That is, daddy's got game. Yeah. And not just at the hardware store. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody out there, we're going to end this uh, Divorce Devil 17 and hope you learned something from us. I, I say the main thing to learn is... Involve others earlier, find your friends, find your support, because it's it's a lot easier road when someone's beside you. Any parting words, Jeff? Yeah, not only that, but take control of your own destiny. Don't leave it up to, you know, your now your former wife or spouse to help form what direction you're going to go with your own with your divorce. Because if, if, if that's the one who's made the decision to split, then that's the one who's really driving the whole process. And you really need to, to recognize that and uh, uh, take more control yeah. and make your own decisions. So I just want to say that uh, be fair because karma is a bitch. <laughs> that's so that's true. I can say. That's it. You know, and like I said, it takes its own sweet time. All right, everybody out there, we're going to say goodbye. See you. Say goodbye, guys. Bye. Adios. Bye-bye. Right.